Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. I will not call it a Monday. It's a Tuesday. Hanging out with you. Hope you had a uh, fantastic Labor Day weekend. A long weekend. Uh, and it is the Wake Up Call right here on the fan in Indianapolis. KB and Andy. I'm Andy Sweeney. He's Kevin Bowen. And we are hanging out with you for the next three hours. And uh, guys, fellas, gentlemen, it is game week. You've made it through those those family vacations. You've made it through Jim Say tweets. You've made it through, well, I don't know if we made it through Jonathan Taylor scowling on the sideline. Uh, and we get to right here where we get to have, what, four days, guys, of bold predictions. What do you want to see from Anthony Richardson and everything else? Uh, and we'll have fun for the next three hours. KB, good morning. You're looking good. You got the Notre Dame gear on and you're ready to go. I can tell. I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. Yeah. That uh, game week is here. It's been uh, quite the off season, yes, to say the least, and honestly, probably quite the 12 months when you think back to the attempting of football the Colts tried to play last season. So good Tuesday morning to everybody out there. Hope uh, you guys enjoyed your Labor Day weekend and the extra day off. How was the furniture shopping? That's kind of where we left you on <laughs> It's fine. On Friday. We, we have a few pieces that will be delivered. So we're good. We we're, we have internet figured out. We have a couple pieces of furniture figured out. I got a call and just confirmed for the 15th time about the movers coming this weekend. I'm ready to go. It's going to be a long week for me. I'm ready to go. We just had college football. We had Dabo Sweeney get embarrassed last night. I'm feeling great, KB. Yeah, we had a moment. I remember... Um Gosh, uh, we were probably freshly married where uh, Maddie and I put together a table, a, a little kitchen table in one room and then tried to get it into our kitchen where we were going to put it and realized quickly that it was not going to fit through the frame. That's so always I, fun. At that point, I thought to myself, man, is this divorce going to happen a lot earlier than I ever would have hoped? We were still living in our apartment and Ashley's like, you know what? I kind of want to move the TV and entertainment center to the other side of the room and just see what that looks like. I'm like, that's a lot of wires and all that stuff. I moved it and not five minutes later, she's like, you know what? I don't mm-hmm. like it. And I was like, you know what? Where's my divorce attorney? Because <laughs> we were getting pretty close at that and point. And again, you are moving at, what, a eight and a half months pregnant yeah. for your wife? Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's a different animal, yeah. but, but good luck uh, Thank certainly you. to her. I need good it. luck, sir. And to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah wow, well, that's great. Good luck. He gave me a good luck and then was going to pivot right to Shane Steichen and what he said On yesterday. That end, <laughs> yes, the Colts will have their first official regular season practice of the season coming up tomorrow. They did get back to work yesterday. And yeah, I, I remember saying this back in April, Andy, and obviously it's a big 180 on how Colts fans have typically viewed seasons, but... You know, for once, you're going to see a quarterback under center on Sunday, and the question is not going to be like, hey, how much do you think he has left in the tank? Yeah, right. You think right. he, you know, you're at, the, any, you're at the end of the tank with the last couple guys, right? Is there any chance, you know, oh, yeah, he can hold on and resurrect something? You have like this ascending, very intriguing, obviously a totally unique a player prospect. And I think Colts fans over the last, you know, handful of months have realized what this whole process is like and I think they're going to be pretty open-minded to watching his growth and I almost wish social media would have been around in 1998 to have gone through Peyton Manning's <laughs> 3-13 and rookie season when he led the NFL in interceptions but 
for a lot of people, I think in this market as well, the sports calendar really kind of starts now. It's okay, Indiana football, Indiana and Purdue have played their first football games of the year. Notre Dame's two weeks into the season. Now we get to the Colts. We're a month, month and a half away from the Pacers getting ready to start their training camp. And I think this is a really intriguing time to be a sports fan in this market when you think of where the Pacers are at and what the Colts are trying to attempt to do because they haven't gone down this path in recent years. To me, it's the path you have to go down. If you want to try and build something, you're a long, long ways away from getting to the light at the end of the tunnel, but at least you're trying to build something for the future. Yeah, I mean the quarterback position obviously is not patchwork like it's been, you know, like it's been the last couple years around here. But you mentioned in the first four minutes, and I saw that we have tons of sound in there today of Tom Allen, and I just can't do Tom Allen sound today. Uh, KB, what we saw. Well, I, I, I don't even like mention them in the first five minutes, but we have to at some point. I think we've got to give Tom Allen a lot of credit. Probably probably for two things, Andy. Okay, uh, One, <laughs> I actually thought that was one of the better defensive efforts I've seen from Indiana against Ohio State in my lifetime. I know the bar is not set very high for that. And two, credit Tom Allen for hiding his quarterbacks from us for six months because I can see why he wanted to hide yeah, them. Yeah, like he wanted to forget from that, us. that the yeah. position even exists. Yeah, but it looked like Completely. it was 1932 uh, football <laughs> there. I don't know if the forward pass was like some, a leather helmet. Indiana had thought about there. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, I, again, I, I can see totally why Tom Allen said, yeah, um, we're not going to reveal who our starting quarterback is. And then if you're Ryan Walters and West Lafayette, you got to work some uh, some defensive magic pretty quick because they couldn't stop anybody. Yeah, on, on I, I, mean, I mean, Tom Allen did not try to win that game. We'll get to that later on, obviously, as we go today. Uh, just to set up the show, Bob Kravitz going to join us at about 8.15. Uh, as we go, uh, KB will continue to give us, and the reason I'm laughing at this is every NFL, if you just type it in now, it's you know it's obviously Tuesday. It's game week. Everyone has their ten bold predictions or five bold predictions. So we may need to jot down our bold predictions uh, at some point. But obviously, Indiana was it, offensively was ridiculous, and that's lo- a cover though. Losing it is losing to Fresno State at home. I'm sorry to Purdue. Sorry to my man Todd. They're not going to be in a bowl game either. Uh, to me, what interests me the most, KB about this Colts season. And we're going to have Bob Kravitz coming up, like I said, at 8.15. Uh, And Kravitz has been on the side of, like, they're going to win two or three games. We know that. We've talked about that. I think you feel like they're going to win because of the schedule, because of who's coming to Lucas Oil. Um, And it's the NFL and on any given Sunday. I I think you, and we can, as we go this week, give our final predictions as if that's going to (laughs) mean, as if that's going to mean anything, but maybe you have them closer to, say, six wins, and I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but, you know, with with you guys, and to me, it's easy to say that it's about the quarterback, it's about the maturation of not only Shane Steichen, his first year as a head coach, but then also, KB on top of it, all the Anthony Richardson stuff, you know, my thing is, are you going to be okay, and okay is not the right word, but are you going to be able to make it through through win the losses 
pile up, right? It's easier to to love on the quarterback and love on the new coach when you're winning when you're winning games, right? Uh, and eventually, if this thing goes week after week uh, of the Colts losing games, and we need to know, you know, if you lose 23-20 and it's a last second field goal to somebody, it's understandable. If Baker Mayfield comes in here and you lose to Tampa Bay 37-10, uh, we know what the, you know those are going to be two different Monday shows. But for me, yes, it's 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 jubilation. You know, I started out with you've been through family vacations and everything else, but it's true. I mean, church begins on well, kind of Thursday night, but it begins on Sunday. People getting together to watch the NFL and to watch the Colts, and it's a new start. It's a fresh start, but it's also a start that's going to take some time. The story of this offseason has been no Jonathan Taylor, three, now four wide receivers, a running back room uh, that is iffy at best, an offensive line that badly, badly needs to get the taste out of their mouth on last year. So how many of these wrongs can they write? You know, what do you want to see? We can go through all those questions, but to me... You know, if if you know, can the can the good feelings, can the play and the growth of Anthony Richardson, KB, kind of outweigh the reality? And the reality is, it's a double digit loss team, probably. Yeah. Uh, you, right. Yeah, certainly. I mean, what the over under is six, six and, and a half. half. So I, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, even if you go to seven, you'd be a seven and ten football team there. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Pacers have kind of. Uh, what they did over the last couple of seasons has maybe gotten Colts fans ready for like, hey, it's not all about these wins and losses. And I get the that the NBA world's a little bit different than the NFL world. But I think considering how rare this kid is at quarterback, I, I would like to think the Colts fans can live in a season where it is about his development. And I know they go, you know, call it soft, call it against everything that we should believe in from a competitive atmosphere and all of those things. But I think a large dose is the reality of where you're at right now as a, a franchise. So I think we can get into, again, what you want to see from Richardson specifically in this season. And then I still think, and it, it, it's a bit of a shame we haven't had the chance to get to the other topics, but there are, I would say, a good handful of other storylines that are critical, critical to the future mm-hmm. of this franchise. Absolutely. Yes, Richardson is atop that list without without a doubt. But whether it's the the Quiddy Pay Bernard Ryman, you know, second and third years for them and, and how vital it is that they try to entrench themselves at those positions. Is it Michael Pittman showing that he is some sort of a number one wideout? To your point about the offensive line, their ability to bounce back. Shane Steichen is trying to do what a lot of NFL head coaches I think have walked into a job thinking they can do and then realizing they can't do it. And Nick Sirianni being one of those mm-hmm. a few years ago and saying, I can't be the play caller and the head coach that's and the guy that, yeah. that's in the quarterback's ear 24-7. Steichen feels like he can do that. Uh, how does that look for him? Uh, you know, Guys like Kenny Moore and Shaq Leonard, they've been such mainstays throughout their Colt 10 years. What's left in the tank for those two as they reach, I think, critical points in their contracts and in their, in their career? So... Um, it, it's a ton that we can get into all week long. And then you look at Sunday, and 
why is the home team 111 straight in this matchup? <laughs> you know, Jacksonville's missing their their bookend left tackle. Is there any hope? Is there any prayer? Weird things happen in openers. You could say collegiately, we might have seen that last night with what Duke did to uh, did to Clemson. Is there any chance the Colts are able to finally win win an opener coming into Sunday? Yes, we need to line up. We need to have Mark uh, write these down, or I can write these down. If uh, if people can, get, I don't know. Te- I mean, they, you you've given your email out, but or not your email, your cell phone number. I'm sure you don't want to do that today but we I, I want I want I want questions for people uh from people what's the most likely scenario on Sunday what do you want to see from Anthony Richardson it's how are we half, going right? to evaluate well and then and then the other thing that I love and I know we're up against a break here is uh, I mean Jacksonville if you're Indianapolis he could ever win this game I mean Jacksonville is as big of a sweetheart in the NFL as just about anybody aren't they besides like the really good teams like you take you take Philly and you take Kansas City it's probably and, the, them or the Lions that right, are in the air. Yeah, it, it, I would say absolutely in the NFC, it's the Detroit Lions and Man Campbell, who is just a man filled with football. He only knows ball. He only knows the Duke, KB. Uh, and then on the AFC side, it's no doubt it's Jacksonville, and they walk in here. And, you know, if Indy can hang in the game, if they can win the game, uh, that would be funny. I, I, I don't sever. By the way, I don't like like 10 Jacksonville fans coming up for this game. And I've already got the, hey, uh, hey, uh, you, you have access to any tickets? My guys, I've been here for a month. I've been here for three and a half, four weeks. You guys are already asking me for NFL tickets. Well, they already made the trip, so they have to have some idea of that they're going to the game. That's only an hour and a half away. They're they're from the Louisville area. It's only an hour and a half away. Yeah, they're not from Jacksonville. They want to help they're not you move from first. Jacksonville. I should do that. I should do that. You have a little painted picture over there. What do you have? Oh yeah, this is yeah something. Did your, Rosie, did your daughter? Uh, yeah, Rosie color made that? this over the weekend. Yeah, okay. I, I, I try not to waste paper. I'm I was like, about you know to say. What? I don't think Rosie's. You're gonna using lose. it for notes on Shane Steichen. <laughs> I don't think Rosie's going to lose too much sleep over this. I thought it was actually a decent uh, coloring by by her here. A little crayon, yeah. little little marker as yeah. well. Little Labor Day coloring. There pretty you good go. Yeah. Purple is Rosie's yeah. favorite color there on that. Good and color. yeah, this is pretty much what, what what the Bowen family was all about here over the weekend. Uh, all right, as Andy said, Bob Kravitz going to join us coming up at 8.15 to say he is taking the under on the Colts win total <laughs> of this season would be an understatement. Uh, Joel Erickson joins us at 9. I don't think... Ooh, I guess there was one report of a veteran running back visiting the Colts over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if we have any sort of upcoming deadline with Jonathan Taylor. There is something I want to throw at Joel um, about this week, Taylor-related, um, as we get ready for week one and we see if Zach Moss is going to be indeed ready to go or if it's going to be the Deion Jackson-Evan whole show. We'll talk a little IU and Purdue, and how about Deion Sanders oh, in yeah. Colorado we'll get to it. from opening Weekend, A lot to get to here on this Tuesday morning back from the holiday weekend. Hope everybody had a great and safe Labor Day. And thanks for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
That's a Laguna Laguna, right? Laguna Beach, yeah. Uh-huh. Chris and Cavallari will be dropping the green flag. <laughs> yeah. That's the only. It's the only thing you had. All three of us looked at each other. I we only had the that, same the joke. I was always Team Kristen back in the day. Not uh, it was, was it LC, LC or LC. Lauren. My, my LC. freshman roommate in college was an LC fan. We <laughs> poor Kravitz. We had a bitter rivalry. We divided the room in half. Was there a Heidi as well? <laughs> I don't know. Bob's daughter might have watched the Hills back in the day. Bob, you ever seen the Hills? The Hills? No. Is that one of those things on uh, like an MTV reality show? I don't know. I figured that your that your daughter might have watched of, it back yeah, in I'm the day. I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did when she wasn't watching Say Yes to the Dress. <laughs> it's just a bunch of attractive people who are living, you know, great lives at Laguna Beach, and you know, their lives just look great. Basically, Bob, that's all it is. Well, it's, 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 you know, I live that life myself, so I don't really need to watch it on TV. Yeah, Bob is the Hills yeah. Fishers version is what he lives on a daily exactly. basis. Can Bob Kravitz, you can find his work over at Substack. Uh, Bob, your latest is on the Colts 2023 season, and is it safe to say you don't think the wins will be too abundant? No, they're they're not going to be good. I think I think you and I have talked about this. I don't know what your win total is but i think this is going to be a historically bad season for the colts and you know not to be joe negative but i looking at it objectively and i i try to lay out the reasons in my story uh i you know they won three games in uh, 1998 with three hall of famers on the offense with peyton manning with uh, marshall falk and with marvin harrison uh this team doesn't have uh, much in the way of uh, future Hall of Famers. The one who might have a chance on offense is uh, currently on the pup list, dealing with that balky ankle of his. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't see a lot of wins. I don't see a very good roster. Um, I see a lot of uh, a real lack of depth throughout the lineup. And I just think, you know, for a rookie quarterback, it's going to be tough, especially a rookie who's played 13 games his entire college career. So I do think it's going to be about a three-win season. And, you know, the whole season is all about getting this kid ready for the future. So it won't be the worst thing in the world. And maybe they get back into the top three position in the draft and, you know, grab a Marvin Harrison or, you know, uh, load up on a trade if they get the first pick and they don't want Caleb Williams, load up in a trade. So they they got some options. Would three and four – cost Chris Bauer his job? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I think uh, everybody knows going in that this is going to be this is going to be rough. Um, I, I think that if there's not uh, progress shown next year, um, I think he would be in trouble um, because you know at that point you're hoping that everybody takes a step, especially Anthony Richardson. If they're still god-awful two years from now, I don't see how Ballard survives that. But I, I don't think a bad season this year is going to uh, end up costing him his job. Bob Kravitz with us here. Pay Less Liquors Hotline. It's the fan on a Tuesday game week, getting you set, obviously, for the Colts and Jags at 1 o'clock. Cannot wait for that. Uh, yeah, listen, I think you're in the majority here, Bob. I think even if you say, well, I could win five games or whatever, it's still going to be a rough season. So so how how do we do this here? How, how are you going to do this? We're, me and KB are going to have to figure this out. Fans as well. The balance of, hey, we're not winning games, yet our quarterback could be doing some 
some things that, you know, that get us excited about the future. It's easy to say, and what I said this morning, Bob, is then the losses start to add up and then there can be negativity, toxicity, injuries add up. How do you think this will play out with the balance of, hey, we're losing games, but Anthony Richardson made, you know, four wild plays against whatever team? I just think that people have to, you know, place their focus on on number five. You know, and I mean the the whole idea behind this season is to to develop him, to get him started on his career. I mean, I remember I remember being in Cleveland and the, the Dallas Cowboys came in one year with this rookie named Troy Aikman. They were one in fifteen that year. I mean, they were brutal. Um, I just think you have to focus on, on, on Anthony Richardson and what he's doing and hope that the rest of the roster, uh, you know, raises its level. I don't know if they will. I just think that this is probably the worst roster in the, in the league aside from maybe the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't think I'm being... I don't think I'm being too tough on him. I just think this is a bad roster. Bob, last one for me on the Colts front. Again, Bob Kravitz with us. BobKravitz.substack.com. Um, going back to Chris Ballard meeting the media last week, anything in particular that stood out to you in relation to Jonathan Taylor from the Colts GM? Yeah, well, first he says, well, you know, uh, Andrew Luck didn't need an elite uh, running back to have success his first year. I'm like, do not compare Andrew Luck to this kid, uh, Andrew Luck came in. He had played forty some odd college games in a pro system with David Shaw. He was ready the moment he got here. Uh, this kid, you know, God bless him, but he's he's not ready. You know, we'll find out how ready he is on on Sunday. But um, so I thought that was weird, and I, I, I the, his whole uh, mantra was we well, we won four games last year, and it seemed to be. I understood what he was saying was, you know, after four wins, everybody gets gets looked at once again through fresh eyes. But it sounded like he was saying, well, we won four games because Jonathan Taylor didn't have a great season. What people forget is Jonathan Taylor, even though he was hurt and ran for only 800 and something yards, still averaged five yards per carry. So he wasn't a complete loss. But I, I, I just thought, you know, there are reasons why they don't want to pay him. I think a lot of it is Jim Irsay. Uh, I, I, I believe Ballard is on board. I don't think he's doing his bidding for him, but uh, it, it's a strange situation. And uh, I thought that he was trying to calm the waters, extend an olive branch, you know, and suggest that this thing is salvageable, and I, I'm not sure that it is. Bob Kravitz with us. Uh, BobKravitz.substack.com. On the Taylor front, uh, now it's time to hear from him. We'd love to hear his side. The Colts and Chris Ballard went up there. You know, he answered questions for about 30 minutes or so. If you, if you could ask Taylor one question right now, what would it be? Why are you sitting out? How's the ankle? No, my <laughs> first question would be, how's the ankle? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, you know, uh, what I want to know ultimately, we're not going to find this out. Is what, what, what is he asking for? You know, that's what makes it so hard to place the white hat on one guy and the black hat on the other because we don't know if he's asking for something unreasonable in the in the uh, McCaffrey Kamara range. We don't know if he's asking for fourteen million, twelve million. You know, I. 
there's no doubt he is horribly underpaid. I mean, for what he has accomplished, we making four point three million this year. Uh, it, that's tough to swallow. And, and the fact that the Colts apparently teams were out there ready to to sign JT, and the Colts said no to the trade return, so he feels like he's being held hostage. So I, I just don't. Whether that's true or not, I, I think it just adds another layer of enmity to all of this and uh, makes Jonathan Taylor even less enthusiastic about playing for the Colts than before. Okay, Bob Kravitz with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Bob, you're in Bloomington over the weekend walking out of that stadium. Should IU fans have been encouraged mm. by the defensive effort against Ohio State and Marvin Harrison Jr. or uh, thinking to themselves, our offense look like you know St. Pius's whatever <laughs> cadet right. team trying to move the football? Well, which is surprising because Walt Bell, their offensive coordinator, came out yesterday and said that uh, Soresby and uh, uh, Jackson will someday be thrown in the NFL. Yeah, you know, which is surprising to me because they they were they were so conservative. I mean, they didn't take any shots whatsoever in that game. They were playing to beat the spread. Honest to God, they were playing to keep it close. They didn't want to get blown out and uh, mission accomplished. But you know, look, I, I would feel good about the defense for sure. They played lights out, but you know. Can they sustain that, especially with an offense that doesn't seem to have any any creativity? Any, I mean, I, I can't remember a, a single screen, a bubble screen, anything. It was just off tackle and a couple of slants here and there. Um, but it was very, very conservative. And I just, I thought they were playing not to lose. Badly. Yeah, it was a constipated offense, no doubt, on Saturday. Purdue losers, 39-35 to Fresno State. That's a difficult one if you want to make a bowl game looking at the schedule at Virginia Tech and gets no easier with Syracuse. And then the Big Ten play, at least four, probably going to be five top 25 teams uh, remaining on that schedule. What did you make of Purdue? And to me, you know, I I thought they were right on that 5-6 win line, and that's a rough one on Saturday. That, that's a bad one to lose. I will remind people that uh, Joe Tiller lost his first game to uh, a, a real nothing team. Now, I'm not saying that Fresno's a nothing team. They they won their last nine games uh, in a row last year, so this makes ten in a row for them. So they're pretty good. Um, I What I couldn't understand, the, you know, I kind of went back and forth between the CU game and the Colorado game and the uh, Purdue game. But it seemed like every time I turned it on, they had third and one or fourth and one, and they kept running it up the middle, and they kept getting stuffed. And I thought, I'm no genius when it comes to X's and O's, but at some point, don't you have to try something different? Yeah, especially a banged-up offensive line, too. Right, with with, uh, four-string center and guards who are backups. I didn't understand that play calling whatsoever. Bob, last one from me. More wins this season. Colts, IU, or Purdue? Boy, I'm thinking <laughs> Purdue. I, I still think, uh, you know, somebody said we should make the over-under 12 for total wins <laughs> by IU, Purdue, and, and, and the Colts. Gosh. This is going to be one 12 of 41. Season. <laughs> huh? 12 of 41, right? 17 games for the Colts, then 12 for Purdue and Indiana? That sounds about right, my friends. Oh, my God. <laughs> sounds about right. It's going to be a dreadful season. Um, you know, get, getting back to IU, I mean, 
is this Tom Allen's swan song? He's got a $20 million buyout at the end of this season. Do people that's care enough to pay that buyout? No, that's too much. I don't know. I mean, they bought out, uh, what's his face? Uh, Archie? Uh, Mr. Happy. Archie? Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, basketball and football are on two different ends of the <laughs> spectrum. <laughs> towards Absolutely. Fandom. And the, it goes down to $7.95 million at the end of next year. So, you know, let's see how this thing goes. But I think 12 is a pretty good over-under for the three local teams. Uh, sadly enough. Last one for me. Uh, how did Bob Kravitz experience the Deion Sanders prime time, the win, and then all the hoopla around him over the last couple days? I loved it. You know, I mean, I, I came here from Denver. I did a lot of Colorado football when I was there. I was there during the Bill McCartney days, and they had a great, great team that won a national or shared a national title with uh, Georgia Tech. I won't mention to Kevin who uh, <laughs> who, who, who the, the Buffs beat. And by the way, that hold, that holding call on the Rahib Ishmael uh, touchdown return was totally bogus. Thank you. If it makes you feel any better. But um, I thought it was great, and I'm going to write a column about it this week for sure. I thought it was fun. I, you know, the media, we, we get thin-skinned sometimes. We don't like being called out. But Look, he's trying to galvanize his players. He's trying to turn it into an us versus them scenario. And, you know, what What better way to get your kids uh, excited about, you know, shocking the world and going after the big, bad boogeyman media? So I thought, I thought the whole thing was hysterical. You know, uh, I didn't have a problem with it. But, look, it's, it's not our job to believe or not believe it's not our job to root root the home team on i when i cover a game i root for two things i root for the story and i root for nobody to get seriously injured and that's it and 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 a lot of people in sports a lot of athletes and coaches don't understand that they think Mm -hmm. local media should be you know uh rooting for the home team and, and that's just not the way it is but our business has changed and there are more homers and more people who are very, um, uh, very transparent about their fandom, and I think it's giving a lot of athletes and coaches the wrong idea about what we're supposed to be doing. And Bob's the latest, looking ahead to this season for the Colts. Two, three wins is where he is hovering around here. You can find that over on Substack and look for something on Deion Sanders coming up here later in the week. Bob, as always, thank you for our conversations, and uh, we'll see you later this week at Colts. Sounds good. Take care, guys. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs> Between this music and primetime's music, <laughs> Mark Dighton's producing today. Sarah some McLaughlin good earlier, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, Mark? Smash Mouth yeah, as well, boy. In honor boy. of Jim Harbaugh's <laughs> hospital stay. Yes, whatever happened. Like seven it's... for seven today. Mark, that was the CBS intro uh, right there. You've been hearing that a lot, I think. I, uh, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. it's a little Fox action to open up oh, it is. this week. I now we have a ton up. of 
you know, blackouts everywhere right now, so who knows if you even have Fox or you not. Know, I but... just see Colts Jaguars and I think CBS <laughs> one o'clock kick. You know what? I, I Everyone think the NFL has done some rule changes. No, no, they this have year. a couple it was a couple years ago they did yeah. that. Yeah, within the last year or two they they've done that. Uh, all right, so we're hanging out with you. One more hour to go here on the wake up call. I'm Andy Sweeney's Kevin Bowen, Mark Dykton producing today's effort. We're coming at you live from the drivehubler.com studios as we get you ready. Week one in the NFL, Colts and Jags right down the street from us at Lucas Oil. Cannot wait to get out there uh, for that one and a man who will be covering that game and the team the entire season from the Indianapolis Stars. Name's Joel A. Erickson. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Joel, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Man, we're fantastic. KB right now is engrossed in Team USA basketball, who leads by 10 here early second quarter. So if you wanted uh, Team USA and Team Italy updates, there you go. Halliburton looking very good. Yes, he he was complaining about something a second ago. I'm not exactly sure uh, what it was. Uh, Joel, let's let's jump in here. Obviously, so much of the discussion has been the last few weeks. Jonathan Taylor, uh, obviously the other part of the discussion has been Anthony Richardson, if if I took Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson and those narratives and I just moved them to the side, what is kind of the what is the storyline that we've kind of missed or did a, uh, or done a disservice to, given that we've been focusing so much on Taylor and obviously the uh, the quarterback? What would it be? Well, it's it's just kind of cheating because it's a little bit tied to them, but just the Colts seem comfortable. Uh, with the idea that they're going to be young and they're going to take their lumps, and lumps obviously in the NFL generally mean losses. Like, I think that that's maybe something that hasn't been talked about enough. It's just, you know, Chris Ballard has kind of said over and over again, you know, we're, we're going to be young in some spots, and we understand that there's going to be issues. And Gus Bradley said it. it. It's it's the message that keeps coming out about about you know this this team is. They haven't used the word rebuilding, but they've they, you know they're at the very least they're treading water, and I think that as the season starts is is the biggest thing is is you know this team isn't for the first time in a while this team isn't you know actively I don't think pushing hard to win an AFC South title. Mm. Joel A. Erickson is with us here from the Indy Star. I guess kind of playing off Andy's first question, what individual non-Richardson, non-Taylor division are you most curious about for this season with the Colts? Bernard Ryman. Uh, Bernard Ryman, the, like, we've, we saw good stuff out of him throughout camp to the preseason. Um, and just in terms of what that could mean for the offensive line, you know, if, if Bernard Ryman develops into a true starting caliber left tackle, um, you know, a good left tackle in this league. You think about it, it's not just that it, it fixes a left tackle spot for the Colts, but it also gives you uh, a chance at, at, at an anchor for the future. Um, you know, not to say that, that Quentin Nelson and, and Braden, I mean, Braden, Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith are in their sixth year. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a couple more. Ryan Kelly's in his eighth year, but, you know, a, a guy on the offensive line in his second year developing into a guy that you want to keep around that's an anchor for whenever those guys are either playing somewhere else or or going going elsewhere so i think bernard ryman is is probably another undercovered story and one that we'll have to get to during the during the season is can can he um you know live up to these expectations that the colts have for him that he can develop into a a franchise left tackle how much better do you personally expect the offensive line to be this season 
Well, I think a big, a big significant part of that is I need to know how many games guys are playing because sure. I, I think that it's, I think that it's, it's. I can see the if with the Colts where they've said, you know, if Bernard Ryman takes a step, if Will Fries is solid, um, if we get some of these guys back, we, we can be a lot better. We can be more like we were at the end of last season and less like we were at the beginning. That I can see happening. I, I, I keep thinking about what happens the first time someone goes down. What if Ryman or Braden Smith goes down in the first game and uh, fourth-round rookie Blake Freeland is suddenly thrown into the mix at at one of those spots, or or Ryan Hayes. You know, the, the depth piece here, and we saw last year how um, one or two weak spots can sort of cause a collapse of the entire offensive line. And so that's that's the big key for me is it, at what point does one of these guys get hurt? Because it's going to happen. I mean, 2019 was an outlier. It's not the norm. And, it will, and, and how do they play once those guys go down? I was going to say, if I have this right, Joel, correct me if I'm wrong, your backup offensive tackles right now are two day three rookies, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, and Ryan Hayes was a seventh rounder. I mean, sure. That's, sure. That's a developmental piece. Right. And, and for what it's worth, Freeland, we've made Blake Freeland, the fourth round pick out of BYU. We've really only seen on the right side, very little left side work out of him. Uh, here this offseason. Joel A. Erickson with us from the star. Joel, you're you're out and about. You're at, you know, kids flag football game and someone co- comes up to you. They're like, all right, I never watched Anthony Richardson at Florida. Didn't watch either of the two preseason games. Describe to me what the Colts offense will look like this season. Like, what do you think stylistically it's going to look like compared to um, past Colts seasons? Oh, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of not just quarterback run and RPO and, and read option stuff, but I think I think the hard part for Colts fans is going to be that there's going to be stuff that looks like that to the to, that that isn't necessarily you, you know they the the threat of Richardson running the ball is is really at this point the best the best weapon they have, and so I think you know if you're used to seeing play action handoffs that where the quarterback is turning his back to the offense or to the offensive line. And reaching back, I don't think you're going to see a ton of that. I think you're going to see um, what we think of as sort of those, you know, zone read handoffs. Um, and some of them, there's not going to be a running play at all. It's going to be play action. You gotta, it, there's going to be a lot of stuff based off of his ability to move with his feet. Um, and, and that includes the passing game, too, in terms of, in terms of you know, getting – linebackers to be worried that he's going to run and then throwing in behind them doing stuff quickly uh and then i think i think that you know shane steichen is always going to want to take his shots but i I think the biggest thing is there's going to be a lot of different stuff a lot of different ways they try to make his his legs either the play or the threat of the play and everything is going to bounce off of that at Florida, Joel, Richardson averaged, I think it was eight and a half rushes per game. If you look at the NFL last year, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, they were right around 10 carries per game. If you had to peg a, a rushing number for Richardson per game, where would you put it at? I think I think that Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields comp is good. Steichen you strikes know, me as a guy that's not going to be afraid to run him. Exactly, and... You know, I think part of, I mean, they, they picked him in part to do this. You know, they, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to have kid gloves on him because they, they they picked him in part to do this with it. Bacon likes the, the explosiveness it brings to the game. 
they're they're going to run him, and and then you know they're going to they're going to see what happens off of that. And the other thing is, it it's it's likely that he's going to be somewhat inefficient as a passer right away. It's hard to change your your accuracy and completion percentage in one off season in the NFL, and running the ball is a way to make make up for some of that. Uh, running the ball with a quarterback is a way to make up for some of that. You know, you think about in the preseason. Richardson averaged something like six yards a carry. Sam Ellinger was up around six yards a carry. And the running backs were at 3.1. Well, you know, that six, the quarterback, that quarterback run, when you're averaging six yards a carry, that kind of thing, you're getting more like short passing game numbers than you are running game numbers. And so that's, that's a way to make up for maybe some of the misses that they're going to have in the passing game. Yeah, and I don't think this is just me. I, I don't think it's going to be like the Cam Newton type runs. I think he's you know he's not going to take a lot of flush hits, almost a, a little bit like Lamar Jackson. You mentioned Jalen Hurts as well. Uh, Joel A. Erickson hanging out with us here on the fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Quickly, let's go to the other part of the running game that averaged just 3.1 yards per carry in the preseason. The Zach Moss injury, working him back into the fold. What do you think the running backs look like game one? And when they roll out there that first possession, do you think it's going to be Deion Jackson having the start? I I still lean towards I still lean towards if 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 Zach Moss feels like he's healthy, I think Zach Moss is going to be a, a big part of the game plan and maybe the starter. But I I don't think I do think that you know in the first couple of weeks that it's going to be a little bit of a, a running back by committee as they try to figure stuff out. But the running backs that they have um you know that they need they're going to need richardson you know zach moss was telling us yesterday you know when, when you have a quarterback who can run the way richardson can it's, it's it means a lighter box for the running back they're going to need that I, I don't think we saw in training camp or in the preseason i don't think we saw a lot of yards gained beyond what was blocked by the colts offensive line and so they're, they're going to need teams to be focusing on richardson uh, to to get them some of the the more explosive runs that that I think things they can want. Joel, when I look at um, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of this talk's been made about okay, the Colts had three wideouts on their fifty three man roster for a couple hours last week, and now it's at four. And I, I know there's just a lot of curiosity about that. I really don't think it's that big of a topic. And, and, and let me explain. A fifth wideout on game day, you don't really use that guy in your offensive game plan. I mean, for the most part, you just run four wideouts out there. You rotate them in. Pittman and Pierce will play a ton of snaps. Downs will be in the slot, and Isaiah McKenzie will have his gadget role. That's kind of how I envisioned it. Now, if an injury were to occur to Pittman or Pierce, then that's when I think we have a real, real question about the wideout depth. Am I missing something here on the fifth wideout since Ashton Doolin's injury, or should I be paying a little bit more stock into it? Well, I I think it I think it just comes down to they have two slot receivers among their four, and so that means that if Pierce or Pittman go down, and you're if if you I, I assume they're going to bring somebody up from the practice squad, right? Based on the way they're currently constructed, like Michael Strawn's going to be active or something, you know, somebody's going to be active on the outside. But to me, the biggest issue is if one of those outside receivers go down, like Ashton Doolin could play that. Um, that role for you if you needed to, if if he needed to, like Josh Downs and and Isaiah McKenzie, they're, they're smaller guys. They're not going to be able to do like 
they can line up out there. They're not going to be able to do the outside type receiver stuff. And I think that's my biggest concern is without a clear backup at outside receiver, what happens if one of those two guys goes down for an extended amount of time? And this kind of goes to the offensive line depth issue too for me is like I'm willing to under, I'm willing to hear the argument that, you know, the quarterback makes the running back look better um, because of the mobility. But I think we all understand that you need to have offensive line and wide receiver help around a rookie quarterback to help him develop. And I think that's my biggest concern for this season is if injuries happen on those frontline players, are they do they end up doing Anthony Richardson a disservice by having guys come in who who can't you know play at the level of the guys that went out? Um, and and are we talking about sort of a Justin Fields type of situation where why didn't they surround him with more on the offensive line and receiver positions? Joel A. Erickson with us uh, from the Indy Star on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline here on the Fan on this Tuesday. Last one for me, um, you know Shane Steichen evaluating him, right? I mean, he's a first-time head coach. He he talked about that over the weekend, uh, and we know that it's a young team. It's a new quarterback with 13 starts. I mean, we I can preface it in many different ways. How will you be evaluating Shane Steichen? How he does as a coach, giving that this team is going to suffer obviously quite a few losses well I, I mean i i think it ultimately comes down to the development of, of anthony richardson you know that's that's the it's the north star for this franchise right now even with all the stuff people are talking about jonathan taylor like the north star for this franchise is turn anthony richardson develop anthony richardson into a true franchise quarterback in the nfl and once you have that honestly it it fixes a lot of the other issues um, or if it doesn't fix them, it lessens the impact because that player can can uh, make up for it, you know. And so I think that that's ultimately the biggest thing is this season is all about um, Anthony Richardson. Now I will say, you know, at this point in the in this in the season, we don't have a lot on Shane Steichen, right? As far as like an opinion, but that's a good thing because we do have a lot of random data points on a guy like Jonathan Gannon in Arizona. And that's not a good thing. Like there's, he's already starting the season, you know, behind the eight ball in terms of public perception. Whereas Steichen, I don't think there's any of that yet. So he's, he's handled the off season in a way that, you know, like he's not made a ton of, of headlines or, or done a lot of stuff that's like caught attention. That's probably good. Honestly, for a first year head coach, it's probably good if you're not, um, in the headlines, like like I said, the Arizona situation, where it's just kind of been gaff after gaff, uh, I think is a bigger deal. And the thing about that, KB, I'll throw it to you, is they have to uh, – the Arizona Cardinals got to quit putting out Gannon's speeches on the internet, man. <laughs> they're, doing it, they're doing it to themselves. It's a self-inflicted wound partially. Come yeah, on. I think Jonathan Gannon Tom on. Allen maybe have, have a yeah. dinner or two over how they've handled their quarterback <laughs> situations this offseason. Okay, Joel, last one from me. Uh, this might be a mute point, but I feel like at the end of the conversation I can ask a Jonathan Taylor question. Here in this first week of September in past history, we've seen Chris Ballard do deals right before the season started. Nelson fell into this uh, timetable. Naeem Hines, I think Ryan Kelly 
Nate was in this time frame. And I bring that up because I, I go back to the first day of training camp, Joel, and I know Chris Bauer's tone has changed, but then he did say, like, we are open to doing contract extensions in season. Like, it, it's not something they're against doing. They did it with Grover Stewart. Do you feel like, though, since then, he's really kind of emphasized the four-win aspect to it and we won't see anything get done this week or in season? And by that, I mean Taylor, Michael Pittman, and Grover Stewart. It kind of feels like he was. It kind of feels like he used that a little bit as a screen, you know. Like we have done this. We we've we've signed guys. We've done you know. It, it, like I said, it feels like he's using it as a little bit of as a screen to sort of lessen the impact of what he's saying about we won four games last year. We need to see where we are. Like I, I think that my my read right now is that that's the. The, we 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 won four games last year. We need to see where we are. That's the the team's position, and the other stuff is just saying, "Hey, we've we've done this in the past. Um, it could possibly happen, but I, I'm not looking at it that way. I think I'm looking at it more as I, I think they want to kind of tread water here." and then make some decisions next year. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I just it was curious your thoughts. All right, are you worried about the Cubs at all? Two and a half games behind your Brewers. Ooh. I've been terrified for weeks, Kevin. <laughs> now, is that <laughs> fan pessimism, or like you think the Cubs are good? I think the Cubs are – well, I think the Cubs lineup is really good. Their, their pitching is not is – not, uh, like their starting pitching with Stroman out is not great. But, like, their lineup is so good, and – um. Yeah, I, I just don't. Yeah, and then the, and then you have to throw in the fan pessimism. But yeah, I, I think <laughs> like the math the math seems to work out for Milwaukee, but the Cubs just like and they're they're going up against teams like everyone's like, well, they're going up against the Giants and Diamondbacks right now. The Giants and Diamondbacks have not played well in a while, but it's not like uh, it's not like they're going up against the Dodgers and Braves. So yeah, yeah the Brewers are playing the Pirates right now. <laughs> yeah, but they're in Pittsburgh, and if you're a Brewers fan, you hate when they go to Pittsburgh because. Like, once a season, something terrible happens there. I thought you were going to drop, like, a how hostile environment playing on the road in Pittsburgh is. Oh, yeah. No, no. Pittsburgh is like Pittsburgh is like Milwaukee's – I mean, in baseball, you can't really have, like, a like a Colts – like, a, the way the Colts are in Jacksonville. I was going to say, is it like Jacksonville to the Colts? Yeah, but, like, when Milwaukee goes to Pittsburgh, there's, like, one series a year where they, where they, they do what's expected, and then there's one series a year where things just go terribly. And that's that's going back for years and years and years. They also always have rain delays there, which. (laughs) So you are worried about this end of the season series potentially a three game set in Milwaukee between the Cubs and the Brewers. I don't think I'm super worried about like making the playoffs. It feels like it feels like both Milwaukee and Chicago are far enough out in front. But in terms of winning the division, yeah, I'm I'm concerned that I'm concerned that the Cubs are coming. A man worried about road games in Pittsburgh. He is Joel A. Erickson (laughs) from the Star. Joel, uh, thank you for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow out of Colts. Okay, sounds good.